Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, uh, five years ago, I stood in front of a small group of people in, in my house and I said the words that I'm gonna say again right now. This town doesn't need another church. Like really inspiring, right? But here's what I meant. The, the greater Charlotte area at the time was home to over 800 churches. I'm not sure that's the most per capita in the US, but it's probably pretty close. And what I meant is this, churches tend to attract other church people, people who believe like we do, act like we do, behave like we do, have the same sets of values and, and all of that. And, and if that's all we're gonna do, set out to just build a church full of the already convinced, count me out. It's not compelling, it's not inspiring, it's, it's not even necessary. It's not why we started Love Lake Norman. We began because we realized that more than 2,000 people move to the Charlotte metro area every single month, many of whom are unchurched or disconnected from a church home. We began because in the Lake Norman area, 75% of current residents don't attend a life-giving church regularly, which means that there are people in marriages, there are kids, there are teenagers, there are families who are living distant from God and his love and his grace and his purpose for them. Without growing churches, reaching a new generation of adults and kids, that number is gonna to continue to increase. Our goal is to help change that. There are a lot of churches, but there is a desperate need for a life-giving, grace-filled, energetic community of people following Christ together and inviting their friends to do the same thing. And that's our goal, that's our mission, not just to reshuffle the deck when it comes to church members, but to see people come to know Christ and grow up in Him and have their eternities changed forever. That's why days like this Sunday are so special. It's why they're so gratifying. We have people who have decided to become baptized this week, but I said to that group of people that what I said, that wasn't anything new, it wasn't a new idea, it wasn't something that would never been tried before. This is not like discovering something new, it's more like uncovering something old, something that we've, we've lost. It's uncovering an attitude, an approach, a, a focus that the early church had squarely in front of them, they weren't creating a club where some people were in and other people were out. They, they weren't creating a clique. They weren't building an, an educational institution where you have to have a certain amount of knowledge to get in, like you have to take some kind of test. They were building a movement with entry based on one question, do you know Jesus? They found themselves a part of a movement of power. It was defined by a countercultural, sacrificial love fueled by prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit spurred on by the opposition that came against them every single day. They were doing what Jesus had told them to do, taking his message into all the world. And at first, that meant taking it to all of their Jewish brothers and sisters, which made sense. The whole thing started in the synagogues, but soon other people were coming around. Other people were responding to the message of Jesus too, and Gentiles began to come around, non-Jewish people who wanted to follow Jesus too. And that led the church leaders in that day to ask themselves, what do we do? 
about this. Now, now some people said, well, they should become Jews first and they should practice our customs and then follow Jesus while other people said, that is way too big of a burden for them to bear. That's something that Jesus didn't even require. And so they did what churches do when they had a decision to make. They had a big meeting and then they had an argument and it was a big one. And it was an argument that actually could have split the church right down the middle and rendered it potentially powerless. And so Peter, he gets up in front of all the church leaders, Peter who had never missed a chance to speak up, he had witnessed with his own eyes Gentiles coming to faith. And in Acts chapter 15, he says these words. He gets up and he addresses the followers and he says, brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. If God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us, he did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. They were wanting the new believers to follow Jewish customs first. And so Peter says, why are you putting a yoke on the necks of them that they can't even bear? Why are you putting an extra weight on them? Why do you want them to, to try to do what we can't even do? In other words, and this is amazing that, and so insightful of Peter. He says, we can't even keep the law. We fail at it. Why do we expect them to try to keep it? Jesus came to free us from that. And while they debate, James, the elder statesman, sits and listens. James, the brother of Jesus, maybe as they were discussing, he, his mind drifts back to his brother, the, the, the time that they had spent growing up together, and then the time that he and his family spent trying to disown Jesus. They didn't understand him. And then maybe James remembers the moment that Jesus appeared to him after his resurrection, when James finally believed not because of some rules he followed or this belief system he had memorized. It was because Jesus was his brother. Because of his relationship with him, he'd seen him crucified and now he saw him alive. And James gets to his feet and he says these words. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. I shared that same passage with our launch team in 2016. We don't want to make it difficult for people who are turning to God. We want to create a place where people who are disconnected from God, who are far from him, find a life-giving relationship with Jesus. And so let me give you an insider's look at how this works. We decided early on on a strategy to accomplish this. We, we believe that mostly we'll accomplish this mission through relationships. So the first word that we use for that is the word invest. We invest in people around us, not as projects, but, but because God has put each of you in places and spaces in your world and you interact with other people who were made in God's image and, and we value them and we want the best for them. And so the first thing we're called to do is, is, is just love the people God has told us to love. We invest in them, we listen to them, we care for them, we sacrifice for them, we serve them, we pray for them. And then when it's time, we take the next step, which is invite. This is where Sunday mornings come in. We, we put a lot of effort into these things 
making sure that we welcome people well, making sure that we have like clear signage, making sure that love kids is incredible, making sure that we plan services that help people who are unsure take spiritual steps. Because if you're a Christian and you are here, we have a deal with you, all right? Insider talk here. We'll create the best environment possible for your friends to take steps towards God if you will bring your friends. That's our deal with you. That is the goal. The goal is that they enter into a relationship with God. And when that happens, the next step is this, not only invest and then invite, but grow. We want you to begin to grow spiritually. This is a community thing. It's not an individual thing. It's a relationship thing. This is not a solo sport. That means getting into a group, getting into a crew, because when you grow in community, you're gonna get further faster with your faith. And then the last step is this, go. Invest, invite, grow, and go. It's time to serve, go. It's time to help other people. It's time to fulfill your God-intended purpose here. It's time to, to join a serving team. It's time to begin to pour yourself into others. Invest and then invite and then, and then grow and then go. This is why we're so excited about this Sunday. This is why we're so excited about this space that we're getting ready to get into the following Sunday. This is why we need you to be excited about that too. We need you to, to give to help us take this next step. We need you to give financially. We also need you to give of your time. We need you to step into teams and we can only do this if we do this together. And I guarantee you, there's something here that you can do. Now, now let me say this too. All of this will cost you. Can we just say that? All of this will cost you. Pursuing a mission like this is not for the faint of heart. We are not satisfied with mediocre. We're not okay with not giving our best. We don't mail it in around here. We try to die to ourselves around here because that's what Jesus calls us to do. Here's what it'll cost you. Your preferences. You might not like a song that we play on a Sunday. You may not like how we set the room up or the color of the paint that we paint on the wall. Here's a secret. I don't always like all those things either, but we do things for the greater good around here, not for personal preferences. You also may have to give up your comfort. You may not get the seat you want every single week or the parking place that you expect. We ask our people who serve and give up so much of their time on Sunday mornings to, to park around the back of the building in the, in the dirt like in bad parking spaces, and they do it. You know why? Because they understand that it's not about them. It might cost you also your money. We give, we invite people to give, and we do not apologize for that. Why? Because our collective sacrificial giving is the fuel that powers the vision here. We believe God asks us to give in that way and that it honors him when we do. So a day like Sunday shows us that all of those costs are worth it. Like celebrating baptism is, is like the payoff for all of the, the hard. We're, we're baptizing uh, quite a few people on Sunday. And let me just say this, like, let me ask this question, who should be baptized? Well, every person who believes in Christ. Those who have accepted his message were, were baptized. That's what Acts chapter two says. The, the, the only requirement is belief in Christ, that's it. In the Bible, basically, as soon as people believed, they were also baptized. We practice believer's baptism here, which seems to be the closest thing to what we see in the Bible. And you only have to do it once. So uh, if you're thinking about it, you're considering it, it's something that you should consider. If you're feeling a nudge, it's something that you should think about. You should let us know. I wanna invite you to let us know that. 
Now, baptism is a picture of Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. The, the scriptures say this, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That's from Colossians 2, chapter 12. When you go under the water, you see somebody do that. It's a picture of our spiritual death without Christ. When you emerge from the water, it's a picture of the new life you've experienced in Christ. Baptism is this, this beautiful picture of my new life as a Christ follower. And, and then the scriptures say this, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life, Romans chapter six. And then let me say this, baptism doesn't make you a Christian. Only your faith in Christ does that. Here's what it says, for it is by grace you've been saved. Through faith, this is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God. It is not by works so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Baptism, it's like a, a wedding ring. It's, a, it's an outward symbol of an inward commitment. And that's why we do what we do. When it's difficult, when it seems like it's too much, that is why, because life change matters, because people matter. They matter to God, and if they matter to God, if they matter to God, they should matter to the church. If people matter to God, then they ought to matter to us. Can I pray for us? God, we're so grateful for the offer of new life that you give to us. And sometimes it's just hard to believe that it's so easy. It's hard to believe that it's so free, that it costs you everything, God, but it is a gift that you offer to us for free. We celebrate with people who've decided, you know, that's me. I'm, 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 I'm uh, surrendering my heart and my life to Jesus. And we celebrate with people that are saying, I'm gonna declare this public. I'm gonna go public with my faith and I'm gonna be baptized with my family, with my, with my friends, with my community as a declaration of what you've done, God, as a, as a, a, a public display of the inward life change that you are making in each one of us who've chosen to follow Christ. Thank you, God. We celebrate you today. We honor you today, Jesus. We lift your name up. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.